Hello there, friends. This is Spencer Michaud, and today we're talking about the full moon in the third decan of Gemini. Uh, I am joined today by my good friend Laura Burns from Toronto, Canada. Uh, how are you doing today, Laura? I'm doing really well. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. Um, if you are joining us here in virtual land, tell us where you're joining us from. I see we've got our Finland crew here already. Uh, hello, Susanna. Hello, Tarja. Uh, let us know where you're stopping in from and if you have any questions with this Gemini full moon or any other things that have to do with the sky or whatnot. Um, Laura, you have a pretty interesting story and line of work. You and I met at the um, Norwalk conference, the virtual Norwalk conference, and then parlayed that into a book club where we were discussing uh, the post-colonial astrology for a period of time. Mm -hmm. um, tell us more about your work and, and how you got into astrology and some of the things that you do. Yeah, sure. So uh, like you said, I'm in Toronto and um, primarily I'm an acupuncturist and Chinese medicine practitioner now. I've been practicing since about 2014. Um, it's, it's funny because now as I add on astrology to my work, um, I realize I'm kind of making my way through the, the A careers because I was first an actor. I don't know if you know that, but we both no, have a I performing didn't. background. Yeah. Okay, cool. And um, so different. I know you did music more, yeah, but yeah. Um, yeah, so I did that for a while and uh, then you know, transition to become an acupuncturist, um, which I love, and I'm staying, you know, in this line of work, but I am adding on astrology, and I'm really loving it. I first started learning astrology through a local astrologer, her name's Louisa Ormond, and she is phenomenal, like I love her so much, and I took classes with her in person. She also taught some medical astrology, which I was interested in just kind of naturally um, after what I've been doing. Sure. And then I got busy. This was a few years ago. And then I got busy just finishing up my program and starting my practice. And, um, and then, you know, even though I kept, kept my interest there, I didn't really fully dive back in until the pandemic hit and my work was shut down for a bit. And I was like, okay, so what am I going to do? And I went to Norwalk um, online, obviously. And uh, from there, I decided I wanted to further my studies with Kelly Surtees. So I've been making my way through her um, professional, like building towards professional ast astrologer um, courses. And then this summer, I guess spring, summer, I did an eight month evolutionary astrology intensive with Sabrina Monarch, who's so insightful. She's wonderful. And uh, that's quite, kind of where I'm at right now. I'm going back into my traditional studies. You can kind of see the Gemini. I'm a Gemini sun. So you can kind sure. of see the Gemini coming out where I'm like, I'm going to take a piece of this and piece of this, piece of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes I have to like, you know, hone it in to really um, ground into, into something, but I do love having a variety of interests as well. So yeah, you're, you're talking to a Venus Gemini here, so I think that uh, <laughs> right. I appreciate being able to draw from different traditions, different sources, and, and try to find the concurrent essential threads throughout all of them. So, so good for uh, good for you. I love um, I love Kelly Surtees' work, and yeah. uh, she's a wonderful teacher as well. Like she is, has a way of making very complicated things uh, simple and digestible. Absolutely. So yeah. Check her out if you if all of you out there are not familiar with her work. She has been on the astrology podcast and and also has her own website with a lot of stuff now um we've got some more people stopping in uh laura what we've got andrea from croatia here we've got raven saying hi from kansas Sherilyn is here from oregon uh another taria from helsinki finland coming by we've got the two tarias and nice. astrology lover is stopping in from ohio so welcome all of you we're going to kind of do a deep dive on the 
full moon in Gemini 3 today. Um, if you are not familiar with Laura's work, Laura actually has a really interesting book. Tell us a little bit about the book that you wrote, Laura. Oh, sure. Yeah, if you're, I don't know, maybe looking for a last minute gift idea, I do have a book. Uh, it's called Stranger Medicine, and it's really true stories that celebrate the healing power of strangers. And they're all stories that have happened to me. And um, it's written in a sort of lyrical, poetic way, I would say. It has a rhythm to it when you read. I kind of want, you know, the reader to to maybe like breathe with the text and kind of go on these, you know, cycles of, of rhythms. And yeah, I just think it's, it's a nice way to remember to how we are all mirrors of each other in this lifetime. And there are sometimes these certain little interactions that can really change how you feel about your day and your life and uh, make you reflect on the moment a little differently and, and find yeah. connection. So it yeah. sounds like a perfect book for a Gemini full moon. You know, get, so. getting yeah. to see something from various <laughs> other perspectives for sure. Yeah, yeah. So, so there is a link to Laura's book in the description of this video here. And you can also visit Laura at her website, which is listed in the description of this video. So check her out. She's got some really cool offerings available there as well. Um, just a few more housekeeping things. Uh, I do have my Decans of Capricorn uh, webinar that is uh, live is ready to go, uh, ready for people to sign up. There is a link to sign up for that in the description of this video, as well as the winter bundle. If you want to sign up for all three of Capricorn, Aquarius, and Pisces, you can get a little discount on that. Um, there will be a 20% off code, Capricorn20, if you want 20% off until January the 1st. One more thing that I wanted to throw out there is that uh, recently I've done um, some up dating on my offerings, my readings, uh, my scheduling days, and the lag time that uh, it takes me to schedule and things of that nature to be able to balance out all of these things. In true full moon and Gemini fashion, I've had to kind of reevaluate how many plates I'm keeping spinning in the air. Uh, mm -hmm. So I'm raising my rates 15% uh, starting immediately, but if you are listening to this and you are uh, subscribe to my newsletter, you can get the old rate until January 1st. So if, if you're subscribed to the newsletter, you would have gotten a code that is newsletter15 to get 15% off until January 1st. So if you sort of missed the boat and you don't want to be surprised by the higher rate and you want to book um, for the end of the year or into January, um, you can book at the old rate. So uh, thank you all for your support. I really appreciate everyone and your understanding with that. And I appreciate all of you going on this journey with me and um, looking forward to, to growing more in the future and, and seeing how we can, uh, some new things that may be on the horizon here. All right. So we've got all our housekeeping things out of the way. Laura. <laughs> I have uh, a little shout out in the chat. Fionn from Ireland. Yeah. Hi. We were in this evolutionary astrology intensive uh, together. So yeah, oh, thanks for cool. tuning in. Very cool. Yeah, I've been I've I've seen Fionn's um, Instagram recently. Mm. There, the, Fionn, you had a, a really interesting um, post with a, a a shed that had some cool <laughs> some cool stuff in it, like the like this like uh, rural type of shed experience. It almost looked like a a fishing shanty or something like that, which is on my mind because I was as I was uh, before we got on the show here, I was asking Laura if she'd seen the television show Letterkenny. Uh, which I'm a big fan of right now. I'm sort of me and the fam. I know I'm probably late to the party on this, but me and the fam have been, been binge watching Letter Letterkenny, which I think is a, a great full moon and Gemini type show because they have all this really witty banter between one another, lots of alliteration and sort of like old timey Hollywood back and forth. 
but it's juxtaposed with um, all of the different kind of social groups that you might find in rural Canada. Um, so really funny show, really endearing. I, I'm really enjoying it. Um, I wonder if there's any other letter letter Kinney fans out there, but um, <laughs> check like it a out. Bad Canadian. Check it out. Show. Check it out. It's on Hulu. <laughs> like, sorry, I'm like, I'm like, uh, they're they're hype. They're hype man right now. Um, but anyway, let's dive into the astrology here. What do you say, Laura? Yeah, let's do it. All right, I'm gonna bring up the chart for our full moon, and we'll take a look at it together. So this is December the 18th, which is a Saturday that's coming up this this weekend coming up at 1135 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So make the appropriate adjustment for whatever time zone that you're in. And we are seeing the sun at 27 degrees of Sagittarius opposed by a 27 degree Gemini moon. Um, This lunation is hosted by Mercury in the first decade of Capricorn so that we can bring that in and it is making a sextile to Jupiter in Aquarius. So Laura, do you have any big picture thoughts right off the bat for us? Yeah, I do. So I think that even though I know this full moon is not an eclipse, but I do feel like it's connected to the eclipse series we've been going through um, because the last one was just that uh, solar eclipse in Sagittarius two weeks ago. And it sort of feels like um, you know, in, in music, there's something called a coda, which is like a, it's a tail on the end of a piece of music or an extension right. of that piece that kind of brings in similar themes. I feel like this is going to have a little bit of that flavor for us, you know, whatever the themes are that have been coming up for us on the Gemini Sag eclipse axis in our charts. Um, you know, so things like, you know, what kind of vision are we trying to create and, and how are we communicating that, you know, Sag, Gemini, um, what's our relationship with uh, media, the news, social media, um, evaluating that in the last sort of year and a half, um, maybe, you know, journeys around like faith or um, learning something new. Um, and again, like articulating that or following that path. So those, that's kind of like, I know we're looking forward or at least looking ahead, maybe not forward to all the astrology of the rest of December, but uh, just kind of situating us in in what this is coming off of. Mm. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I definitely see this as a tying up the loose ends type of full moon, right? You know, this mm-hmm. is the last lunation we're going to have with that uh, that axis of Gemini and Sagittarius with the nodes in that axis for for quite some time. And you know, we've got Mars hanging out with the South Node with this lunation. Um, Jupiter in the third decan of Aquarius is sort of untying all the karmic knots, as as Austin Kopic would like to say, um, before moving into Pisces, where it gains a whole mess of dignity. Um, and remember, we had that that little toe dip into Pisces earlier this year, around May of 2021. Yeah. Um, do you, are you feeling that energy? Are you feeling the like unraveling stuff so that you can make a new start at some point? Yeah, I think so. Definitely some of that letting go energy that's connected maybe to the full moon or maybe that south node mm-hmm. in Sagittarius. Um, learning how to maybe simplify a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I, I uh, recently, actually last night, my building up to this full moon, I, I put a, 
a dry erase board calendar up on my kitchen wall that, that shows like two or three months ahead here. And that felt like a very Gemini type of activity where we're trying to mm-hmm. corral or find a container for all of the different pathways and things that we're trying to keep straight. And that might be part of this as well. Um, if we start bringing the tarot into this, we've got the the Ten of Wands and the Ten of Swords card. Um, Ten of Wands being related to the Third Decan of Sagittarius and the Ten of Swords to the Third Decan of Gemini. And in both of these cards, we see, uh, well, we see a figure that's trying to carry a heavy load or a heavy burden. Um, and then we see somebody who is not really able to do that, the opposite in the Ten of Wands, I'm sorry, the Ten of Swords card. Um, a story comes to mind, uh, Laura, about Castor and Pollux. Are you familiar with that? The myth of Castor and Pollux, the twins? No, I don't think so. So Castor and Pollux were the, the, the twins in Greek mythology. One of them was mortal and one of them was immortal. And they got in this fight or this Donnie Brook with these other set of twins. And one of them died. And the immortal twin was so distraught by losing his brother that he offered to give up some of his immortality or his time on Mount Olympus and trade spaces with his brother. Uh, So they would spend half the time on Olympus and half the time in the underworld and kind of do a trade there. So to me, I think one of the main things we're looking at with this is that we may feel overloaded as we get this on the sun's journey to the winter solstice. Like we feel like we're trying to get to the finish line but we're carrying all these different weights and, and eventually we, we may have to give something up to be able to breathe life into, into something else. Um, I'm feeling that right now. I've been, I think uh, I've been taking stock of all the things that all the responsibilities I have and say, what, what stays and what goes and, and how can I rearrange it so that I can be more effective and do the best possible work and produce the best possible work that, that I can rather than just kind of going through the motions if you, you know, when you get a little bit overwhelmed. I don't know if you ever experienced that. <laughs> oh, <life>. yes. <laughs> oh, yes, I do. Overwhelm all the time. For right. sure. For sure. And I think, yeah, what you said about, you know, trying to maybe prioritize or streamline some of those things is, is helpful because when you try to carry it all or, you know, hold everything together, sometimes you end up with nothing, right? Or if you hold on to all the possibilities, I think that's something you know, as a, as a Gemini, I have a few Gemini placements actually. So there, there can be times where sometimes Gemini's get a bad rap maybe for indecision, but I think it's like that you see all the possibilities at once and like, you can see them playing out. It's like these tentacles from your brain, you know, and it's like, okay, I can see how that might go or that might go. And then the indecision actually comes from this paralysis of like, uh, but I want to do them all, (laughs) you know, but I can't, or like maybe they all have faults or maybe, you know, getting tricked into thinking there's like a perfect, you know, avenue to, to go down. But I think there can be some wisdom in, in Gemini. Um, This part of this actually comes from a book that I read, which is um, Jan Spiller's astrology for the soul. It's more of an evolutionary book, but I think it's like really valuable. It's one of my favorite books. actually. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. So one of the things that, you know, stuck with me from that is, maybe using the, the wisdom that's possible through the Gemini um, archetype, which is to choose a path, <laughs> you know, pick one um, because, you know, choose one for now because you can maybe change your mind later uh, or things will just happen. New possibilities will open up. Like 
you know, how often do we think, oh, I'm going to do this one thing forever, but then life happens, you know, another opportunity comes your way or whatever. Yeah. So sometimes there's this illusion to think that there's like one path forever and, you know, just do the next right thing, I guess. Laura, that, that's a, a curious story. Do, is your son or your Gemini placements in the first decan of Gemini by chance? Yes. Yeah. My son and my Mars combust the sun. Okay. Because I, I heard you <laughs> use the word paralysis, which is very interesting because in the first decan of Gemini, you see the eight of swords card where you see a figure that is bound by choice. Mm -hmm. And it's like the, the paralysis of all the different options and feeling like, oh, no, I don't know where to go. So, um, and, and, you know, that really yeah. brings up another story with Gemini that I think has really helped me understand my own Gemini placements and actually just my one Gemini placement of Venus and Gemini. Um, but that's the story of the myth of Ur, which is a, a platonic myth around a new soul or a soul, a disembodied soul, having to choose their their next life or their the lot of their next life. So there there goes like when a when a soul, when a person would die in ancient Greece yeah. or in this myth of Ur, they had to forget their old life and go through the the forgetting phases and things like that and shed shed all the old memories. And then they were they were given uh, a, a handful of lots and they had to pick from each life knowing the pros and cons of each life. I feel stressed about that already. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> yeah. So so maybe this is part of the anxiety of Gemini is yeah. knowing that you will have to experience both the highs and lows of whatever path you might choose and having a hyper awareness of this. And I also could bring in the fact that the um, the Thema Mundi has cancer on the ascendant, which would put Gemini in the 12th house of the cosmos. And you can think about the 12th house here. And you're a cancer rising, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I have so, that anyway. So this is, yeah. yeah. So imagine that Gemini would be here on the 12th house cusp. And this is the, the place or the house that will be on the ascendant before the ascendant is. So they think of the 12th house in Hellenistic astrology as this place of like childbed or pregnancy or like before birth or before the union of body and soul or spirit. So you can, you can imagine that there's this existential crisis that may happen through those 12th house placements that could reflect the existential crises of Gemini. Where we're saying, oh wow, <laughs> paralyzed, <laughs> you know, by all these different choices that I can make. Um, but I think that the secret, one of the secrets to Gemini is actually not trying to do everything, but to actually eventually to make a choice. I think that's what we see here when this third decan of Gemini is that you you really do have to make a choice. There there is yeah. something where it says, you know, you're just not gonna possibly be able to do everything um all the time in one moment. Doesn't mean you can't do multiple things. But being very present in what you're doing in that moment can lead to a lot more success rather than getting overwhelmed by those other those other pathways, right? Yeah, I, I, I often talk about chapters, you know, mm -hmm. we have chapters in our life. I think that helps give me a sense of peace with like, okay, this is my time to do this now. And then, yeah, exactly. There's a lot of relief, you know, in making that, a decision and moving forward, whatever it is. I agree 100%. I, I part of my you know, Gemini Virgo stuff. Uh, I have a square between Venus and, you know, three Virgo planets. And when I was younger, I, I got the same kind of paralysis that you, that you were describing 
to the point where I would just like stare at the ceiling for hours or days trying to make a choice. And that was really painful. And like you were saying, like you, you alleviate the pain when you just say, you know, I'm just going to choose one of these things and it may not be perfect. It may not be the, the be all end all of something, but, um, it's going to relieve the tension. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and that, maybe that's part of this full moon as well as yes. learning through experience, but also saying, you know, you don't have to be perfect. Yes. And also relieving the tension a little bit. Yeah. You can kind of get there, but there's some tense astrology right around this yeah. full moon, I feel. And there's some potential with this one, I think, to, to maybe have a bit of a release with that. Yeah, Jackie's pointing out that there's an antitia forming between Venus and Mars. Excuse me. And it is exact just hours prior to the full moon. Would be interested in hearing on how this might be contributing to the energy of this lunation. Okay, so we're looking at the antitia between Mars and Venus here. I mean, I think Venus definitely is playing into our story because the very next day, uh, she will be stationing retrograde, conjoin Pluto, and um, doing that that backwards dance um, for a few weeks until coming into Kazemi with the sun on January the 8th. Um, and also, I think my, my main thoughts about Mars in that regard is Mars has been hanging out with the south node. So whenever my experience with the planet on the south node is that energy is going out so it's, it's tying up loose ends, it's a release, it's a reduction of the things that are represented by that planet. So in this particular chart, Mars would represent, be the ruler of the third house and the ruler of the eighth house. So if this was a client, you know, I would say, well, there might be something that you're tying up loose ends in regards to your neighbors, siblings, daily routines, and things that you share resources with, with eighth house or with like inheritances or related to things that may happen after a completion or a death or something like that. Um, as far as the two of them together, it's, and Antitia is sort of like a secret conjunction, if I'm not mistaken. Laura, do you have experience with, um, with that technique? No, I don't, no. Yeah, that's like a, like a uh, it's a technique where you're looking at a planet on either side of a solstice or an equinox. So you have a contra antitia, I believe, on the other e- equal sides of the equinoxes, and the antitias, I believe, on equal sides of the solstice. Um, and it's something about the the combination of light and dark and the the daylight hours and things like that. And it's sort of this secret conjunction between the two. So I guess my my main thought on that. Um, Jackie, would be that these two planets are communicating with each other right now. So the themes that Mars re- represent in your chart would be having a, a relationship with the themes that Mer- that sorry that Venus would represent in your chart right now. Um, what do you think a little bit? Let's move forward to this this day here, one day ahead, where we're looking at this Venus retrograde. We can bring that into our story here because this mm-hmm. is going to be happening very very shortly afterwards here any any venus retrograde uh musings laura yeah i i mean i've been already seeing a preview of maybe some of these themes that are coming up because i think they were just conjunct right on the 11th mm-hmm. and yeah, very recently yeah so you know a few people i know have been experiencing 
like themes coming up in relationships or friendships um, that maybe bring up like old wounds and stuff like that. I think that this Venus retrograde is kind of not your average Venus retrograde maybe because of being so close to Pluto. So it's like mm-hmm. intensified. Yeah. Um, so our relationships, you know, our values are going to be maybe under the microscope with Pluto there to, to make small things big. Right. And so yeah. how are we going to become aware of those things? Well, you know, our buttons are going to get pushed, right. Or maybe we're going to be like triggered in some way. Um, and that's how those things are going to be brought to light. And how are we going to, you know, use that that knowledge to to work through those issues and and evolve together. Hopefully, you know. Definitely, yeah. I, I look at Pluto as I like to call it the plunger planet because it's just <laughs> plunging yeah. all the clogged toilets of our life and trying to get us unstuck on some level and e- exposing something that may have been repressed that we may have not wanted to deal with in the past. Yeah. And, and you know, Venus being that planet that is sort of like a magnet that brings us together and attracts us to things and creates harmony between things that generally should belong together. Um, I think when Venus goes retrograde, I see that as the the magnet potentially reversing pole and having like, it's difficult. You're like, you're trying to bring things together, but yeah. you know, those magnets are always kind of like- I was thinking about the magnet thing too with Venus and yeah. Pluto, like kind of magnetizing yeah. these- experiences towards us or people towards us that are those mirrors that are digging up the dirt, you know, and like showing us what we need to commit to, you know, Capricorn and work on. And I think like that work is love in the end, right? Venus. Absolutely. Absolutely. But how, you know, maybe setting some boundaries with Capricorn that could come up a lot with this, figuring out what those are for you and reworking those a little bit. Yeah. That's interesting. Seeing what Venus might represent in that, uh, Saturnian Capricorn sign. Um, third decan in particular has to do with the way that we administrate the structures or the even maybe the bureaucratic structures of our life. So there may be some situations, depending on where Venus is placed in your chart, where, you know, kind of the the way you organize your life has to be reevaluated or may break down. There may be some corruption involved with, you know, your organizational skills. And it's going to retrograde all the way back to the decan, second decan of Capricorn, um, where the, they speak about the, the blueprint. This is the three of pentacles card. So we're dealing with three and four of pentacles tarot here, where you're, you're maybe working together with people on a very ambitious project. Um, I actually, we had a, a guest on the show a few weeks ago. Her name is Hannah. Uh, Kuhari and, and she was building a home <laughs> like during this time and I was like oh no like uh, the blueprints of your house like, uh-huh. like you know. I listened to that one actually yeah yeah I remember so that I'm fascinated mm-hmm. to see what happens with Hannah's house building experience <laughs> I, I, I pray that it goes well but uh, Hannah if you're listening uh, uh, we, hopefully there will be good fortune surrounding that but um, that's why we remain flexible because there may be a, a need to remain flexible one other thing I wanted to point out about this Venus retrograde, I, I recently read an article, uh, actually this morning from a, an astrologer I'm a big fan of, her name is Shu Yap from Australia, and she talks about the Inanna story and Venus. And she she's, uh, had a really great article that I would recommend everyone checking out on her uh, website, Intercycle, I believe it's Intercycle Astrology, but don't quote me on that, um, where she talks about instead of Venus being in the underworld during this, what is called the inferior conjunction. 
she thinks of this phase as Inanna emerging from the underworld and having to trade and say, someone else has to take her place. So in that underworld myth, you can't just leave and be resurrected like she was without someone taking your place. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if you have any like thoughts about that. Laura is like, if you think about like how we may have to trade something within this Venus retrograde, do you know what I'm saying? We have to let go, but also like if we're, if we're going to emerge again, what are we going to sacrifice? Do, do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I think the word that's coming to mind is compromise when you talk about that. Yeah. You know, a trade as a compromise in, you know, letting something go a little bit, um, you know, kind of bargaining in that sense. Like, yeah, you know, what are you willing to sacrifice in order to to move forward in a healthier way in whatever the circumstance is? Yeah, yeah making a deal. It could be financial too, right? Like yeah. there could be things you want to, you know, you know, invest in with a little investing or, you know, um, putting your money into and maybe making trade-offs with that. Right. So if I'm going to like take a little from here and put it over here, that kind of thing. That's funny. I've been dipping my toe into trying to learn how to invest and things like that. It's, it's a little confusing at first if you don't have a lot of experience with it. Um, but yeah, that, that is very interesting about investing when it, whether it's material resources or investment of time, energy, what goals are you going to invest in? Um, one thing I wanted to, if we go back a day for just a second here, yeah, the, the host of the moon here is going to be at eight degrees of Capricorn. And there's actually a fixed star on that degree called Fosses. And that's the eye of the archer of Sagittarius. And it's a very it's considered like a very ruthless and ambitious fixed star where we have like this vision where we just want to, we want to get what we want to get. And we're trying, we have this penetrating vision where we're just like single minded or single singularly focused on something. Hmm. Um, so I'm, it's really an interesting juxtaposition between maybe the, the moon asking for flexibility, asking for choosing one path over the other. And this very like fixated type of, uh, star in the sky where we're we're really trying to pursue a vision almost at all cost. The other, the other thing I would I would uh, offer with Mercury in this decan is this decan is also associated with weighing the pros and cons of a, a physical area to to begin a new period of growth or a new like foundation to build on. So a lot of us might be considering at the end of the year, what do we want to do next year? What do what are we going to, what loose ends are we going to tie up so that we can move forward with our new life? Um, what kind of new goals and structures are we going to build on? Because um, this is a great time to take stock. Uh, this is something I talked about in my Sagittarian Deccan's webinar was this time of year, you know, there's a story of the centaur Chiron that gets injured. He has an injury where he gets injured by one of Hercules' air, poisoned arrows. Like I don't know if it's accidentally, but um, and he's immortal, so he can't die. So he, he retreats into his cave to reflect and to deal with his wound and his pain. And I think that the sun in this journey is going into the, the darkness of the cave. And we're really reviewing this last solar journey that we've been going on so that we can infuse something, awareness into the new cycle that happens at the winter solstice. I really, I wish that the winter solstice was the new year. That really feels like the new year to me if we're- It does, yeah looking at nature, right? 
Mm -hmm. um, because that's when we're really getting that rebirth energy if we are basing yeah. it on the seasons. It's a transition point in Chinese medicine too. You know, it's like the most yin time of year. Yeah. Um, and it's all about just to be. That's really like the verb that is brought in with that. And just right. like the, the stillness and the life that is like percolating underground, you know, the things you maybe don't see on the outside, the tree looks dead, but there's, you know, this big regeneration that's happening in, in order to move forward um, with, with the next season really. But yeah, I guess that's sort of off track, but, um, but yeah, I wish it was connected to, to the new year as well. And, and maybe there, there is that kind of release before the solstice, you know, you can tie it back to this full moon, like, okay, maybe we just got to let some stuff go and like, just be, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. Right. That, the mercury placement is interesting though, because I think yeah. like it could either be like bring some friction, you know, or it could be kind of grounding and like help focus, you know? Mm -hmm. Okay. If you're, if you're able to make that decision, then you can just maybe go for it a little more. Right but it's surrendering to that, I think. Well, and we <laughs> yeah. still have Mercury. Mercury is still under the sun's beams. So if we were looking at, you know, Mercury was having this, we recently had that Kazemi of Mercury a few weeks ago, right? Where we had Mercury and the sun coming together yeah. right around here on the 28th. And then as we get move forward here, um, we are looking at, sorry, I messed up my chart here for a second. Uh, we're seeing that Mercury is emerging from from the beams. It's starting to separate. And then eventually, once it gets to 15 degrees arc of separation from the sun, it will be visible in the sky. So, you know, we've kind of gone to, I like to think of this phase. I've talked to Gary Caton, who's like sort of the Mercury expert, I think. And I asked him about this phase of Mercury, which is called the superior conjunction, with the direct conjunction with the sun. And he said that this is maybe reflective of Mercury or Hermes visiting Mount Olympus or visiting the gods and then eventually bringing something back to the earth, uh, some idea from spirit, rather than it's his travels in the underworld when he has a conjunction retrograde um, in his role as a psychopomp. Um, so maybe we're, we're getting some downloads from mm -hmm. Mount Olympus. I love that idea. I really love that idea. Yeah. I'm curious, Laura, too, if you could expand a little bit more on the Chinese, traditional Chinese medicine take about maybe some things that we may be able to do uh, with like a, a maybe a very nerve wracking full moon, like with a Gemini full moon that may test our nervous system. Absolutely. Uh, and also yeah. things that we can do in this winter period. Sure. Yeah. So the full moon. Yeah, it can. I mean, as much as I want to say it can maybe it could be a fun fun full moon maybe with the jupiter trining the moon that that might bring some positivity or lightness there but it can also heighten right with the full moon so you might be getting like gemini times gemini which can be a lot of fat anxiety um overwhelm things like that so things you can do would be i mean i'm pretty biased but acupuncture really is an amazing way to like ground the nervous system sure. um so if you're connected to acupuncture in any way highly recommend uh but then breath work i've been really into breath work lately um i read this book called breath uh, i don't know if you've read it by james nestor um but one simple breath technique that you can do because gemini rules the lungs so uh you can do the four seven eight breathing so what that is is you inhale for a count of four you hold for a count of seven and you exhale for a count of eight mm -hmm. and that helps to bring the body into the parasympathetic uh, state, which is the rest and digest form of the nervous system. So it's like inhale for four, 
three, two, one, bold, you know, count to seven, exhale on eight. So that's something that you can do. It's free. <laughs> um, and it really does make a difference. Uh, so that would be excellent to bring in at the new moon or at the full moon. Also, uh, if you're into journaling, right, use the word, the craftsmanship of Gemini to just do like a, a stream of consciousness word dump, you know, something you're not going to read over. It just doesn't have to be good. You're just doing like, you know, the artist way kind of morning pages. I don't right. know if anyone's done the artist way, but that kind of. I've done it for the last 15 yeah, years. I love it's it. amazing. Yeah. Isn't it great? Mm hmm. Yeah. So do some morning pages, which is really just that stream of consciousness, set a timer, five minutes, 15 minutes, whatever you have, you'll be surprised at what, you know, comes up and comes out. And then another thing I can offer is acupressure. So basically there's, um, with being related to the lungs, let's look at the lung meridian. So I'll try to explain with words if people are listening to this later, but right underneath your collarbone, um, just underneath the lateral side of your collarbone towards the shoulder and that like pec, pec, mm -hmm. your pec muscle, you know, that really gets tight and curled forward and when you're sitting at the computer. Yeah. So there on both sides are points lung, lung one and lung two on the lung meridian. And those are amazing acupressure points. I did some before like doing this, yeah. uh, you know, um, like joining our call. Oh, like so that. you can, yeah, it feels good, right? And if you, yeah. I'm talking right now, but if I took the time to really, you know, breathe into that and just kind of like push and you can sort of go like slowly, steady. Ah, you could let out like a vocal sound as well. Really get in there. If you do that for five or 10 minutes, you're going to feel different. You're really going to feel different. Yeah. That's one area you can do some acupressure again, set a timer. The other is again on the lung meridian. This is lung uh, lung 10 here, which is on basically not the tip of the thumb, but if you slide up the hand a little bit, there's that fleshy area for anatomy nerds. It's called the Thanar eminence. Mm -hmm. And it's probably kind of tender when you press it. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, at least it is for me. So that clears heat in the lung channel. So when mm -hmm. we're anxious, things are firing and it creates a heat. So sometimes you'll get even like, you know, rashes on the skin or, um, you know, more acne or something like that. It's like a fire point. So if you do oh, some acupressure there, like work that out. Yeah. Yeah. No, this is gold. This is gold, Laura. This is why, we, why I brought you on the show here. So you'll find ways to relax. You're just going to like pass out right, right now. <laughs> right, right. You're taking over. I'm doing like this, massaging these acupressure points. And yeah. Yeah, I'm feeling very relaxed now. And, and for some of my audience out there who are impatient with the, the speed of my delivery, <laughs> I'm going to oh, like, funny. I'm like, oh, wow, I'm very relaxed now. <laughs> that is so funny. Um, but this is great advice, though, because I think that we're heading into this weekend, a, a period of time where we do feel a lot of pressure. It's the holiday season. Mm -hmm. We're trying to juggle a lot of responsibilities. We're trying to figure out a lot of things for the end of the year. A lot of people are doing like thinking, thinking about taxes, investment, like yeah. um, donations, charitable donations that they have to make towards the end of the year. I know as a self-employed person, sometimes you have to think about what types of things you're going to buy for your business towards the end of the year. Mm -hmm. We're also trying to incorporate in like, you know, holiday stuff where we may be thinking about travel or not traveling. We may have a lot of emotions around, um, you know, this season with, with COVID still being an issue and trying to make a choice between whether we're going to visit 
Aunt mm-hmm. Aunt Joe over in you know Saskatchewan, or if we're, <laughs> we're going to, <laughs> how'd you we're know? Gonna, no, I'm just going <laughs> to stay home. Right? <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it, there's just a lot of choices that I think yeah. we have to make, yep. and a lot of activity in a time of year where we're really being asked to slow down and to reflect. And yeah. and I talked about this a little bit with Hannah, where. where we really have gotten in Western civilization, we've got it really backwards where we get really antsy around this time of year. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it's really unhealthy. I, 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 there was a, a point in the last, I don't know, maybe the last five, six years where I just was like, I'm just not doing this. <laughs> like, I, and I don't care if people right. are upset with me. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm gonna, I would love to see everybody if I can. And if I can't, then will connect in a different way, but I'm not going to blow myself out during the winter solstice period. Um, I'm going to listen to my body mm. and I'm going to, um, you know, pay attention to those messages that, that we're receiving right now. And part of that, actually, this brings up another thing that I wanted to share because I thought this was neat. Um, these are two cards that I've been meditating on for the day. I'm doing this exercise right now called Counting the Omer which is a, it's a, a tarot exercise that brings in the, the Kabbalistic tree of life where you, you take two um, Kabbalistic sefirot, which are like sort of like chakra energy centers, um, and they have a relationship with each of these cards. And today, as I speak to this, there's a 49-day meditation where you're having these different relationships, okay? And it's from this book that I was telling people about before. It's called Tarot and the Gates of Light by Mark Horn, and it reflects the journey of the, the Hebrews out of slavery in Egypt, and it's, it's a really fascinating meditation. And today is called Netzach of Gabura, and Netzach is like, like the discipline, all right, necessary to be able to create these containers, like the endurance to have discipline. Gabura, it roughly translates to discipline, and we've got the five of wands here. And then here we have the endurance to stand up for what we believe in, which is third deck in Leo, sort of. So I I bring that up because I think that one of the things that we feel around this period of time is a sense of obligation because we have people that are expecting us to do things. And we have society telling us that there are these expectations. Some of it is based on capitalism and and Mm -hmm. those expectations. Other of it is based on just this idealism that we have about what a family should look like or what what some kind of idealized holiday should look like. Yeah, the hallmark vision, you know. Right, the hallmark holiday. (laughs) Yeah. And, and my reflection on with these two cards is saying, you know what, it's okay for you to, to stand up for what you believe in or, or what you don't believe in even, and say that, you know, uh, it's okay to just be yourself and to have the, the courage to, to be able to say no sometimes, you know, even if you disappoint people, you don't, it, it's mm-hmm. almost like you don't have to apologize for, for being you. And I, I feel like that's really a part of this full moon too. I just, I just feel like that is that was something that you know, I hadn't planned on talking about today, but it felt apropos. To it what does, we- yeah, yeah. I think like in the way you also said, just like be you, that kind of thing, and it does align with the the winter solstice too, right? The kidney energy of just being, you know, sort of asking yeah. us to 
to rest more, to be more still. And how often do we actually do that around, maybe on the solstice, right? But then we get swept up again and the holidays and stuff. So I think it's, this is a really good opportunity too, to let go of some of those shoulds and just, just be and, and nourish, you know? Right. That's exactly. Yeah. The solstice is also about fear uh, because the kidneys are associated with fear, also shock, but fear in Chinese medicine. Interesting. So one of the things that you can also do is kind of just sit with your fears, right? Like, are you afraid of, you know, disappointing people or mm. whatever it is um, and kind of, yeah, just looking at that, holding that space for yourself. Shine some light on it, right? Shine some light, and yeah. Shine some light on those things that maybe make us afraid, make us, you know, get paralyzed. Sometimes the fear can make us yeah. get rigid. Absolutely. And, and, and maybe if we're learning to be flexible, like, like Gemini is, then that, mm-hmm. that can really help us during this period of time as well. There's actually two uh, diamonds or spirits associated with the decans of these uh, two luminaries right now. Ananke, the force that compels, is the spirit for Sagittarius three, where the sun is. And then Praxodike is the daimon for Gemini 3. And that's roughly, uh, we've got Ananke as the, the force that's compelling us to completion. It was like the, the, the goddess that would cause the rotation of the earth. So causing things to spin, you know? Uh, it's like all the things that we have to do that are necessary, that are compelling us to get to yeah. the end, to get to the solstice. Yeah. And then Praxodike is that exactor of justice that says... You know, Austin talks about that Deccan is like the executioner's sword and saying, okay, like what is, what is fair? What is, you know, executable, <laughs> you know, on some level <laughs> Right. Too. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so um, we may be compelled to do certain things, but we have to use our rational air like sword like quality to be able to decide which of these instincts we should pursue. Cause Ananke I feel is a very almost an instinctual force. So mm-hmm. we may be having to balance out that instinctual drive to get to the yes. finish line with thinking about the rational parts of it. Yeah. I think that's really important to hold those in balance. Yeah. 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 That's, there's a lot of, it can be a lot of tension there for sure. Like just going on instinct or, or like overthinking things too. And like losing touch with, you know, some of your gut, you know, Absolutely. alignments and stuff. Yeah. All right. Should we go back to our chart here? I'm going to check the chat box real quick. Um, sure. We've got, Lisa is talking about Venus being more penetrative than receptive. Um, Tarya is asking about what Mercury's aversion means. Oh, that's interesting. We'll pull the chart back up here and I'll take a look at that. Yeah, what does... Nope, don't want to end the meeting for all. (laughs) Okay, so um, yeah, what, what Tarya is asking about is... A, a, Helen, a traditional concept called aversion, where we have Mercury in a blind spot. So this is a place where Mercury cannot witness the moon or the sun in this case. So the, the sun can witness its host, Jupiter. So this, the, our solar consciousness has access to the resources of Jupiter, like saying, leave the past behind, untie those Mm -hmm. old karmic knots, Mm -hmm. move forward into the unknown. But the moon doesn't necessarily have access to this, this um, Fosse's like vision, this like ruthless, like, all right, I know where the target is. So I think that this aversion may play out in 
we don't really know what the target is yet. We don't, maybe we don't. Oh, that's really, a really good point. <laughs> right? Yeah. We, don't, we can't really see where we're going yet, but we know we have to, <laughs> to eliminate the past first. Yes. And then I think that by doing that, the vision is going to get a lot clearer. Yeah. And, and we, we have a Venus Kazemi that's going to happen on January the 8th where I do think that's in the Deccan that has to do with the blueprint and, and figuring out, okay, what's our new structure that we want to build. Mm. So I think that that we're going to get a lot more clarity, I think around that period of time. So I don't actually think this is the time period between December the 18th and roughly January 8th to say, I know what I'm going towards. It's more about, I know what I'm going to release. And then that information is going to come to you when you, make space for it. I think that's really the key with that. And especially mm-hmm. with this aversion is. I and the re- South Node too, with Mars on right, the South Right, with Mars on yeah. the South Node, exactly. Yeah. So I really think that the that one of the essences of this full moon is making space for the new that's going to happen because Jupiter is going to move into Pisces on the 28th of December. And, and that is really going to be a, a big shift. Yeah. Um, it's going to be moving super fast too. Jupiter is going to be really fast, which means for me, I think it means that if you have a dream or a vision, you may be able to manifest it very quickly, almost surprisingly quickly. I think that there's going to be a lot of people that are like, like, whoa, they're going to wake up in, in May of 2022 and be like, holy cow, my life is completely different. That, that dream yeah. happened really fast. Yeah. Um, so just be aware of that. And, you know, you're going to manifest as a clearer channel if you're not, you know, trying to hold on to old narratives, you know, hold on to old beliefs, old narratives, yeah. old structures, because you know, yep. there's no space if you do that. There's no space. No. All right. Hopefully <laughs> my I plans answer. have already gotten canceled for the weekend. Like my dad was going to come up and oh, yeah. and hang out. But um, I don't know what the vibe is like where you are, but things got a little bit intense, you know, with um Oh, some more recommended travel restrictions and stuff like that COVID, yesterday. And COVID I was like, is, is raging in Michigan right now. Yeah. So it's I was like, oh, there goes that south node kind of release yeah. of the full moon. But, you know, let's find other ways to connect, right? With Jupiter and, and yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Other ways to connect or. We have to be creative. Offer right? support somehow, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not doing any traveling for this holiday either. This is the second holiday in, season in a row where I'm like, oh, we're just going to do this virtually and I'm I'm getting boosted tomorrow so I'll, hopefully I'll be okay over the weekend but um yeah in Michigan and in the Midwest of the United States here uh we are seeing the numbers just really kind of exploding um as we come into the the time where people are gathering indoors together um and yeah it's a, it's a challenging time because I think that we've been talking about this as, as a family in our house too because I think everybody is sort of over it and they they want to be able to do some of the things that they did in the past and we're getting a little bit of fatigue as far as our our endurance of doing quote unquote the right thing and i can empathize with that i mean that's human sure uh, and we I, are I just, approaching that last saturn uranus square right i feel right. like that is actually what's happening right now maybe along with the south node Great is point. we're feeling we're feeling the build up to that and Great as point. astrologers we kind of knew that was coming and like the timing just sucks with the holidays but yeah what are you gonna do it's on the 24th so yeah, yeah so here's our what what laura is referencing is our saturn uranus square that is the third of 20 
uh, 21, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, it is the third. So we've got the the, the third uh, square in this, like kind of the kind of the biggest aspect, I would say, of the year, where we're trying to, you know, bring some kind of new structural blueprint into place, um, break up our old routines, but yet we still have maybe this attachment to the old on some level. Um, I think people really, I have a different thought about Aquarius in general than I think I've heard a, a lot of takes, but I really like uh, this book that uh, called A Tiny Universe by Joy Usher, which talks about the theme of Mundi quite a bit. And she talks about Saturn and Aquarius as this sort of glass ceiling energy where it's not the boundaries of physical limitations. It's the barriers of ideas that we don't feel like we can move past. So like any narrative that will like make you not move forward. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe ideologies and stuff like that too. Right. With the Aquarian energy. I want to share something from the chat. Yeah. 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 It's sort of like maybe it was from back a little bit, but Mm -hmm. Raven says yesterday, our area experienced 80 to hundred miles per hour winds for hours on end causing major damage. And my family got stuck in a dust storm and it was also scary. This is all right on time for me. Thank you, Laura. Yeah. uh, That is terrifying. And I'm so glad that you are hopefully all okay. You didn't really say, but I'm assuming given that you're here and commenting and and yeah, there was um, there were some wild winds here too. Like our neighbor's ro- a chunk of the roof blew off. Um, so okay. yeah, it's been kind of wild, and I don't well, know. Maybe Raven it does actually. Is, Raven's joining us from Kansas, so oh, Kansas. so yeah. Okay. okay, we had a, a a number of tornadoes that went through the heartland over the last week in Kentucky, and I wonder if that's connected with what Raven's talking about in Kansas as well. Mm. Create a lot of damage, a lot of yeah. And um, it's funny because. We're talking about Saturn and Uranus and mm-hmm. it's like shaking the foundation, right? So whether right. it's our our feelings or you know the the systems that we live in or, or like our house, like part of our house is like blowing off. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, you know, it's it's funny that Raven's bringing up a, another weather pattern. Um, I believe that the last two Saturn Uranus squares coincided with some really difficult weather. Um, early in the year where we where we had uh, things in Texas that were freezing and they didn't have the proper oh, yeah. infrastructure right. yeah. to deal with that. Yeah. And then in the summer, I believe they were having power outages and brownouts again during a, during a heat wave. And now during this kind of third pass that we have, we had these, these crazy winds and whatnot. I, it's actually very windy here today. I'm crossing my fingers that the power stays on today because, you know, the, the power has gone out a few times in my area over the last few months due to winds. But um, I wonder I wonder if there's yeah. a symbolic, if we can pull out any symbolic meanings to those dangerous winds of change. You know, I, I, like we have to build a new foundation, maybe, you know, right. Well, and let go of the old, old infrastructures to build something new. Yeah. Um, I, I, without getting too, you know, down in the dumps about it, but I really have the feeling that we're probably going to be dealing with COVID stuff until at least until Saturn moves out of Aquarius. Um, I, I really feel like mm-hmm. Saturn and Aquarius is, is keeping us sort of in this distanced type of, energy and it is going to move out of aquarius in i believe march of 2023 
Um, don't quote me on that. I'll, I'll look for sure here. I think it's 2023, but yeah, I'm it's not totally early, sure. early 2023. Yeah. Now I know that that sounds very far away, <laughs> but, but I think that, you know, it's just this kind of thing where we just have to kind of hang in there, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, this is March 7th, 2023. We're going to get, uh, Saturn ingressing into Pisces. So, I mean, I think that this is a conversation we've had in my, with my family a lot is, in this new air age consciousness, we have to have some flexibility and we, we have to be able to figure out new ways of doing things that, that weren't necessarily reflective of the old earth centered way, you know, kind of the, you know, in traditional astrology, they talk about the, the conjunction of Saturn and Jupiter as, as talking about the ages or the elemental ages. And mm -hmm. we had the, the conjunction of Jupiter and Saturn in air signs for like the not the first time, but but for the the second time, I guess, in the last 30 to 40 years. But we're going to have those conjunctions happening in air signs now for the next two 200-ish years. Mm -hmm. And that, that's a big shift in Hellenistic yeah. astrology as far as, you know, what's required of us as a, as a community. I think what's required is flexibility. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Change is, change is constant. Seeing any other chats here that, uh, let's take a look here. Andrea is, hey, Franklin's here. Hello, Franklin. Nice to see you, my friend. Um, Susanna says, in my adult, adulthood, I've always felt a strong need to simplify my life during the winter solstice season. And the older I get, the more this Christmas time exhausts me. I am with mm. you 100%, Susanna. We share a, a solar placement. So we're, uh. just like, we're just like, let me retreat into my home and into my own mind. Um, Andrea says, agreed, there's a need for courage to say a healthy no to people because energy is low. The rest is needed. Also, this tarot meditation sounds so great. Yes, for sure. We Yes, we have. That is a courageous act. Being able to let go and say no is, is definitely, it does take a lot of courage. Yeah. Um, Remco says, this moon cycle started with an eclipse on the south node, themes of letting go and starting combined. I agree, Remco. Very good point. Those those eclipses are always strange to me, right? Where we have a new moon eclipse, but it's on the south node. It's such a strange energy, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. Like the beginning of letting go. <laughs> like, yeah, start letting go. <laughs> start letting go. Start yeah. ending something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Alessandra says, go into the cave, feed the feed it to the filth eaters make space yes i love that <laughs> uh so okay i'm looking through here uh oh the book that i was talking about mr hindsight that's a great username is uh a tiny universe by joy usher and it's a it's a traditional astrology book that really utilizes the thema mundi relationships the philosophical natal chart of the world she has two books, A Tiny Universe and A Tiny Universe Companion. Um, I have both of them. They are both very good. Um, but I would recommend starting with the first one. Uh, and that'll give you a really great way of thinking about the, how the traditional planets relate to one another and the aspects and all of those things. Um, oh, Sandra says, Native American lore says that storms make you do things you normally wouldn't do. That's Ooh. a great point, right? Shaking us out of our lethargy. Yeah, yeah. You know, the I Ching mean, talks about shock, number hexagram number 51, where it, it brings us into the state of awareness. So when we're getting out of those routines and maybe the shock of the, our weather patterns is, is, is helping us to maybe look at things from a new perspective on some level. 
All right. And the Venus retrograde too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, So let's move forward to this. Uh, What I like to do is, is take a a little brief look at the last quarter moon. Mm -hmm. Um, I think we've, we've covered the Venus retrograde. I think we've got the, the ingress of Jupiter into Pisces that we will see uh, happening very shortly after this last quarter moon. So this is the last quarter on December the 26th, where we have the sun in Capricorn one, where we were discussing location and the pros and cons of a place. And then the moon in Libra one, which really I think is about exposing injustices and imbalances. Even though Libra is a sign of balance, I think that the initial energies of a uh, of a sign, especially the cardinal signs, show us um, what we're lacking on some mm-hmm. level. Mm-hmm. And, and then as planets move through the sign, we establish the maybe the harmony or the balance or the equilibrium or the justice. Mm-hmm. So maybe we have to take into consideration um, the needs of a partner uh, when we're thinking about where we're going to build. Uh, anything else that sticks out to you about the, the last quarter moon here? Just the opposite Chiron as well. So maybe trying to, again, balance that, you know, need or whatever the need is for yourself uh, versus, yeah, other partner relationships. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Waning moons generally talk about releasing, like, blockages as well. So maybe this moon, as it wanes, is going to be, maybe we're releasing some of the impediments to harmony around this period of time, right? Mm -hmm. To to finding our new space, to finding our new goal that we want to work towards. And it might bring up some painful, you know, experiences with Chiron, an unhealable wound of some sort, potentially. Um, It might require just like a tweaking or an adjustment of what we thought we were doing uh, on this full moon, right? As it comes to to the last quarter, like, oh, gotta tweak that. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. And, and, and as Alessandra was pointing out, we've got this Capricorn stellium stack up here too. Right. With like Mercury joining the fray with, with Venus yeah. and, and Pluto. Um, so that, that area of our lives is really going to get blown up, the Capricorn area of your life. It's going to be a fun holiday, just a light little, you know, we, I, don't, I don't think you guys have Boxing Day. We have Boxing Day. No, no boxing day here, but yeah. I've gotten plenty of boxes on my front board. <laughs> That's all you need. <laughs> but it's, you know, it's interesting too, though, that I think that there's been talk about some supply chain delays or something like that where... Oh, yeah. Um, I've experienced that, actually. It wasn't, yeah. luckily, it's nothing I urgently need and not even really a gift, but I got it, did order something, got an email just this week. I kind of wondered what happened to it, right? And then forgot about it and then got an email and then they seemed like they were in a panic about trying to figure out the... The shipping of it and short staffed and blah 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 but yeah i think that's real i think it's happening already totally so practicing our patience right around all that and and tempering our expectations about what the holiday looks like and what what it means to to gift somebody or to share your love or your abundance i know that um i guess in the states and maybe this is true in canada too but christmas or the holiday season has turned into you know almost like a contest is who can buy people what and things like mm-hmm. that. And, mm-hmm. and that, that is, uh, I'll tell you what, th- that can be a, both a lot of pressure and also mm-hmm. uh, missing the 
the essence of, you know, how you want to express that love. I think yeah. it's okay to give gifts. I'm not, I'm not anti-gift giving, but it, I think that it's one of those experiences where, you know, there's many different ways to show that you care about people. Yeah. And, and if, if the physical representation of that isn't able to be delivered in time, um, forgive yourself. <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. and, and I think and, generosity can have multiple forms too. And yeah. I think back to the full moon and Jupiter trining and maybe you're just generous with your words or Absolutely. listening, you know, as kind of a bridge. Um, Different generous. love languages, yeah. right? Yeah. Different love languages, tapping into it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And Raven's talking about it's a great time to reflect on our values with Venus retrograde. 100%. I, I, Venus yeah, definitely absolutely. can reflect what we value. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So this is a, that's our last quarter moon here. As we round the bend, we will see that uh, we will see that Jupiter, the, two days later, is moving into Pisces. So this is something to mark your calendars for December the 28th, Jupiter moving into Pisces. And, you know, one I have one thought I wanted to give about Jupiter and Pisces here real quick. And that's the first decan of, of Pisces is a Saturn ruled decan where it's it has to do with the Eight of Cups where we see a figure leaving behind eight stack cups and going off into the wilderness or into the the the, the wild. And I think that there is a certain dissatisfaction with the first decan of Pisces that causes us to search for meaning. And I don't know about you, Laura, but when Pisces, uh, when Jupiter ingressed into Pisces the first time, I had been really grinding away at doing like five or six videos a week and just just blowing myself out Jupiter in, in Aquarius style. Yeah. Literally the day that it went into Pisces, I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, why am I doing Maybe this? Maybe this could be easier. Yeah. yeah, there could be an easier way. So I yeah. started doing the, the, the live streams uh, and then, you know, opening up things so that I could do webinars and things like that. So I, I would imagine that we may feel like just kind of dropping the tug of war on, on some level and being like, you know, it's time for me to find a new vision. It's time to, there may be, my point being is there may be a sense of dissatisfaction before we find the new dream mm-hmm. and allow yourself patience. Like if you don't see that the first 10 degrees of Jupiter and Pisces isn't like, oh, the magic's happening, you know, right. just, just be patient. There's yeah. a pretty amazing full moon on March the 2nd that has Jupiter conjunct in the second decan, which is the oh. sort of the make a wish type of decan. Uh-huh. So uh, be patient with Jupiter. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I just wanted to kind of touch on that because uh, we got a taste of that earlier in the year. Um, I, I, I don't know, I've been doing, I did a lot of dreaming during that period of time. Uh, but again, as one of our, our listeners here, Andrea, who has Jupiter and Pisces can say that sometimes your your dreams can just like pop into existence you know if you can dream it you can manifest it and i think that that's that's a jupiter and pisces type of energy um there are definitely situations where there are limits where that isn't true but but with this placement um that law of attraction type of thing is more uh accessible does that make Mm, sense yeah yeah i hope it does bring some more uplifting energy to the situation. So almost sort of hard to feel right now, but given that it did that before, I am kind of looking forward to it, yeah. but that's a good, a good awareness to have around. If it doesn't feel super smooth right away, just have patience. I think that's, 
yeah. definitely a key word for, for all of 2021 and probably going into 2022 a bit too. Well, and let yourself go into that dream state and that meditative mm. state. It doesn't mean you have to be manifesting right away. Sometimes you have to go into the meditation first to get access to your truth, to like what, what is actually motivating you. So yeah. you're right, patience is- It might key. be actually really nice after the retrograde finishes up to the Venus retrograde. Like yes. if you realign, like what are your values? And then that might change your vision, you know? Right, so then, right, right. yeah, maybe Jupiter will help give that some wings after definitely and then you know really the last thing that we have on our docket here is we'll just preview briefly that what the new moon is going to be in in capricorn i'll do another live stream for that but we have the new moon in capricorn in the second decade of capricorn uh this is going to be sort of a preview of the venus kazemi that'll happen in a similar area of the zodiac and and that's really the, the the blueprint area of Capricorn, where we're we're saying, hey, let's work together with people to build some kind of ornate structure, um, to be able to bring things into being. Um, so so this is a this is probably where you can start to manifest some of the new New Year's resolutions, perhaps around that period of time where you're planting the seeds. Uh, I don't see anything too terrible in this lunation. Um, both of the malefics are in aversion to it. We still do have the Venus retrograde that's mm -hmm. that's going to be happening until the end of January. Um, but that new moon is trying Uranus. So I, I would say that if yeah. you're preparing for a new uh, a new start, doing something in a way that you've never done it before, this may be uh, go for it o'clock. Nice, yeah. All right. So that's what we've got for the astrology part. Um, we do have an animal. <laughs> we do have an yes. animal in yes, the Ching for all of you here today. So the animal that I pulled, and I always pull <laughs> randomly pull an animal. Uh, I, I use, uh, I like this book called Animal Frequency by Melissa Alvarez, and I like to randomly pull a, a, an animal from that book. And I, uh, she has all sorts of odd animals in this book, one of which is the guinea pig <laughs> that we pulled for this. They're a special animal. They're a little special friend. <laughs> Um, so, yeah. so Laura, what do you have for us about guinea pigs? And, oh, uh, I don't know. I think it's hilarious, first yeah. of all. Um, but then it was funny. I was talking to my sister on the phone last night. I was like, yeah, guinea pig, this full moon. But I don't know if this is related to groundhog at all. But given the day, the energy yesterday mm -hmm. and announcements and stuff that were made here, we were just joking about how it, it does actually sound like kind of groundhog day like we're reliving some themes over again yeah. but i don't know that's kind of an aside but i was reading about the guinea pig and um i don't know it does sound like they're really social and kind of yeah. friendly and i thought that oh that's really fitting for the gemini full moon yeah. and apparently they're really good at communicating their emotions too um with like subtle i, mean, I can't yeah they make little noises i had yeah. guinea pigs growing up and they make like these body little, like... language they yeah, these little like squeaks. <laughs> yeah, they do. Know? I had hamsters. Uh, yeah. I don't know if they're related, but they, yeah, yeah. Had, so, so she put in parentheses next to the guinea pig hamster as well. So right. th they have some similarities as far as their their archetypal symbolism. And they um, also do this thing called popcorning, which I'm obsessed with. I started watching all these videos on. So tell me about popcorning. Popcorning. So when guinea pigs are excited, they do these little jumps like these yeah. little popcorn jumps. Like there's just like these little pieces of popcorn just like pop and like all excited and like squeaking. Sure. It's so cute. Yeah, and they're very, um, 
they're very fertile. <laughs> like, they? My experience with guinea pigs is when I was six, <laughs> my I got a guinea pig from the pet store and we brought it home and we didn't know that it was pregnant and it, it gave birth. And that was like my first experience wow. of like seeing an animal give birth at like six years old. Um, my th That guinea pig's name was Spike. And <laughs> I, I had had two babies. One we took to this daycare center that I went to in, in uh, Chicago, downtown Chicago. And they named it Michael Jackson because this was 1986. Yes. So Michael Jackson, the, the guinea pig, <laughs> was one. And then I had the other one was was I kept that one for a while, and it was Lulu, the the guinea pig. So my experience of guinea pigs is that they are very fertile. They make all those little squeaky noises. They are very social animals. Um, they're also very smelly so like they uh you know this is a and they shed quite a bit so uh one of those two things but anyway some of the spiritual meanings and archetypal meanings around the guinea pig that we can glean from them is that they their teeth grow continuously so they always have to kind of be grinding their teeth down um so that there's you know watching what you eat is important they don't create vitamin c in their body so right, you have to make true, sure yeah. you're getting the, the right type of supplements. Sometimes in the mm -hmm. winter, we can, you know, have a supplement deficiency that can lead to depression or, or something yeah. like that in our body. Yeah. Um, they enjoy social contact. Uh, they can't see very far into the distance. They can only really see what's right in front of them. So, you know, one of the things with Gemini is being able to see something from multiple perspectives and not getting too fixated on just one particular pathway. Right. And again, we had that gem, that Mercury on that fixed star that's all about just getting hyper-focused on one one way of doing something. So, you know, being able to be flexible and, and see all of the different, you know, pathways that we could choose and then making a choice. Hmm. Um, I read they that they could, they can navigate complex pathways, I guess, and remember them to get okay. to food or something. They retain the yeah. path that they took for quite a while. So some kind of navigational skills there. Yeah, yeah. They are they good at maze mazes? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I also read that they startle easily. They freeze, okay. and I thought about you know the Gemini maybe on the excess, like right. You know, getting like paralyzed or or. When Renko was pointing out that the, the the shedding is important, like he was hearing an oracular message in the shedding because they shed quite a bit, and we're mm. we're trying to shed mm. old beliefs, old forms in this this uh, full moon. Yeah, release it. Yeah. And uh, Mr. Hindsight is saying that they are a delicacy in per Peru. Well, oh. okay. Well, <laughs> how what do you about feel? what do you think about like test? You know, guinea pigs are also. It's something we think about like, oh, you're a guinea pig. Like this is being like tested on you. Right. So we're, we're maybe we're having to, to test out some new ways of doing something mm -hmm. and, and maybe offer ourselves up in sacrifice to a new, a new way of, uh, I don't know, embracing a new structure, a new ideal, letting go of the old, old narrative or the old glass ceiling belief system. Um, and, you know, Remco saying not seeing far into the distance, just go for now. The road will open in time. I love that. That's yeah. that's a great Gemini point. Gemini wisdom Remco. right there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, stay present, mm. you know, because you can yeah. get really like paralyzed by thinking too much about the nostalgia of the past or the fear of the future, the, the bringing the kidneys back in, right? Mm -hmm. And what's the way out of that is breath too, right? The just breath. breathe. Like if you're not present, you're probably not breathing. Yeah. And, and one other thing about the guinea pig is that they take a lot of short naps since they are Oh, yeah. you know, prey food in, in the 
whatever. Like, I don't know if they exist in the wild now, but maybe they do. Um, they, they don't sleep for very long. So if you're feeling overwhelmed, maybe take a little break, take a little bit of a nap. Take a nap. Yeah, take yeah. a nap, you know, like, because <laughs> there, there's things that we have to do at the end of the year that we, we really do have to like, you know, push it to the end and carry all the bundle of sticks. But if you don't want to end up like this, take a rest, take a break every once in a while, stay present and um, you should weather the storm. Okay. All right. So then the last thing I have, thank you all for hanging with us today. Thank you, Laura. This has been awesome. This is really fun. Yeah. Yeah. I love, love doing these and having, getting alternative perspectives and new voices and really like the, the, the traditional Chinese medicine, the acu, acupressure and acupunctural perspective as well. Um, on that note, uh, I did an I Ching uh, yeah. oracular message for this and I got number 19 which translates to uh, overseeing, approach, oversight, cooperation. And it's moving to hexagram number 54, which is called the marrying maiden, um, which really is about playing a subordinate role, uh, keeping in the background, um, maybe not rocking the boat too much. Um, one changing line, line number four, says complete overseeing, no blame. And some of the notes I had with this, and, was um, making sure the relations that you have with the people that are both above you and below you are appropriate uh, and that are helpful and that as you progress forward or if you gain in status or stature that you're you're not forgetting uh, to pass on your wisdom and to mentor others be helpful to others this ties in the social element of the guinea pig i think and of the gemini moon um it says rewarding praise and merit without prejudice mm. i think that's that's interesting because you know a lot of the sagittarian themes is we have a belief and we say i believe this and i'm going to defend yeah. my belief with my dying breath and yeah and um that those are also themes we see coming up during the holidays where we have family members getting together that might not normally and you got uncle uncle john at the dinner that's table right. <laughs> like, yep. um Remco, thank you for the super sticker. Uh, super stickers and super chats are a way to donate to the work that I do here. There's a little dollar sign in the chat box oh, if you nice. want to make a donation to the, the work we're doing here. So thank you, Remco. I really appreciate that. Um, so a couple other notes I have with this hexagram. Be a good mentor. Set a good example to follow. Draw people into your circle. Create mutually beneficial circumstances. A well-executed promotion uh, behaving well and appropriately. And I think that this may be hmm, speaking that to kind the, of Yeah, ties together the the Gemini and the Capricorn, I feel. Like yeah. drawing people into your circle, Gemini, mutually beneficial circumstances. Absolutely. Like win-wins. I'm always looking for a win-win if I can. And yeah. then what else did it say? Something about relating to others? Yeah, like being a good mentor, setting a oh, good yeah. example to follow. Um, that sounds like integrity to me, which sounds like a very Capricorn. Absolutely. Kind of absolutely there. yeah because when we're when we're moving towards a goal this is that's a great point because one of the things that came up in the my research on sagittarius three is that the force of a non-k really can make us try to achieve the goal by any means necessary almost at the expense of the body like there's a sacrifice of the body to get to the finish line but that brings in the are you going to maintain your integrity as you move forward towards the goal, is it really worth it to like blow yourself out? Are you the hero or the martyr? Or are you having an integrity lapse trying to achieve your goal? And to really be conscious of that as we move forward in this 
this formalin. Mm -hmm. Recognizing that multiple per perspectives too, Gemini, yeah. there can be sort of multiple ways of looking at things and multiple, you know, truths, if you will, or perspectives and, right. and sounds like just being respectful or holding kindness and stuff like that um, is part of this teaching maybe. Yeah, and I think that brings in the, the, the 54 a little bit too, the marrying maiden, you know, like where sometimes we aren't going to be first. Sometimes we have to come second and we have to know when to take the lead. Sometimes we have to know when to, to play along. Mm, and, yeah. and that there's real wisdom in that. I think that mm -hmm. if we always are trying to assert our own authority, dominance, goals, um, we, we can get into trouble when there's certain times where we need to support other people as well. And when, when we're just not going to be on top of the wheel of fortune, right? We, yeah. we have to be patient and sometimes we'll have to wait and we'll have to say, oh, well, I'm going to support this person right now rather than having to, to force my own agenda. Um, and that'll create a lot of goodwill, I think, between mm -hmm. you and other people. I think that's- Goodwill, I like that, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. All right, Laura, I think we did it. We're, we're heading we it. very close to the hour and a half mark, right on time. Um, thank you so much, everyone who is in, has been participating in the chat box here. Some really great comments. Mm -hmm. um, we've got, uh, Thank you for the donations that you've made. And again, if you want to make a donation to the show, you can do a super sticker in the chat, or you can make a donation at buymeacoffee.com. There's a link there as well if you want to support the work that I do. Um, another way that you can support the work that I do and get something out of it yourself is booking a reading. Um, book a reading with Laura if you want to support her work. If you're in the Toronto area, are you, are you taking clients right now for acupuncture? Uh, yeah, for acupuncture. Yeah, absolutely. And for readings in the new year and given my level and stuff, I definitely reflect that in my rates, you know, sliding scale. And um, I do put a lot of time into preparing a reading, like sometimes five hours. So yeah, um, I'll be well, able to offer more readings when I get a little more fluent and trust that I don't need five hours, but I like to make sure that I come prepared. So I can, I appreciate the prep because uh, <laughs> this is something Your that Virgo is like, Oh yeah, I'm 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 a prepper as far as like uh, astrology goes. And I'm not I don't mean that I have like bags of rice in my basement or anything, but but I definitely you know prepare notes, and it it still does take me a couple hours with a chart to make sure that I I'm able to draw upon you know multiple perspectives and, and get to essence. I think yeah. there's nothing wrong with that. I think that um, Yes, there will be times as we go forward as astrologers that will get a little bit more fluid and intuitive about it. But, you know, nothing wrong with like, you know, doing your homework. I, I also it. offer mini moon readings. I call them mini moon readings, nice. which is at a new moon. If anyone wants a reading around a new moon to just look at that, where it falls in your chart and what, you know, obstacles or supports are there. It's kind of a nice either intro to astrology or a bit of a check-in on just like a specific snapshot of time. If you're pretty familiar with your chart so perfect do that too yeah all right my friends well check out laura's offerings and your website is laura lauraburns.ca lauraburns.ca and on instagram i'm at v.artful.acupuncturist and it is very artful she has her own color palette and scheme and i even tried to like match their color palette with my advertising <laughs> i know so that was so thoughtful i was like oh my god so touched by that, yeah. <laughs> so, so check out Laura. Um, if you are interested in the, the Deccan's workshops, I'm having a great time doing those and, and really learning a lot and having some great conversations with 
everyone. Um, you bring a, so much to those two. Yeah, I highly encourage people to check them out. Yeah, and there's a winter bundle that you can get yeah. a discount until uh, the 1st of January. And again, uh, there is a code if you're in my newsletter to get the 2021 rates before the rates permanently go up in 2022. All right, my friends, that's what I have for you today. Thank you so much for being here with me. Thank you, Laura, once again, for being my guest today. Thank you so much. Yeah, I really admire the work that you do, and you put a lot of integrity into your work, too. So I'm, yeah, into your practice. I'm really thrilled that I got to be on your show. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you, Laura. And thank you, everyone that's joined us today. Um, we will be here next for the, I believe I'm going to be doing a the astrology of January coming up. I might actually do that as a solo show if folks are interested in that um, because it's during the Christmas holiday and I don't want to inconvenience somebody over Christmas for three hours. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, uh, if you are appreciating this work, um, make sure you hit that like button. If you are new to the channel, it would be great if you would become a subscriber. And I also have a newsletter if you want to know when there are new live streams coming. All right, my friends, that's what I've got for you today. Be kind to one another. Be kind to yourself over this holiday season. Mm -hmm. Relax, take it easy, and we'll see you the next time. And take a nap. <laughs> yeah, take a nap. Take a nap. That's right. And watch guinea pig videos. If you there you go. Go, go, go popcorn a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All, right. All right, my friends. Okay. Take care. Bye.